On About Books, we delve into the latest news about the publishing industry with interesting insider interviews with publishing industry experts. We'll also give you updates on current nonfiction authors and books, the latest book reviews, and we'll talk about the current nonfiction books featured on C-SPAN's Book TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And in this edition of About Books, we'll check in shortly with former Congressman Steve Israel, who is now the owner of an independent bookstore. He's had it for about a year, and we'll see how he's doing. But first, here's a look at some of the latest news from the publishing world. A major reorganization took place this week at one of the big five publishing houses. On Wednesday, Penguin Random House announced that it will revive the Crown Publishing Group. The move comes just months after Penguin Random House's attempted merger with Simon & Schuster was blocked by a federal judge. Now, Crown, which had been combined with Random House back in 2018, returns under the leadership of veteran publisher David Drake, who has been with Penguin Random House since 1999. As Publishers Weekly notes in its reporting on the reorganization, quote, the addition of a new adult publishing group is intended to meet one of the company's priorities for a restructuring, to revive competition among its imprints while providing more touch points for agents to meet PRH editors. In other news, Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert comic strip, was dropped by his distributor over controversial remarks he made on a recent online video. In the video, Adams was discussing a recent public opinion poll from Rasmussen that found that just a slim majority of black Americans agreed with the phrase, it's okay to be white. In discussing the poll, Adams called black Americans, quote, a hate group. In the wake of the outrage that followed his remarks, hundreds of newspapers dropped the Dilbert comic strip, and Adams said that his book publisher canceled his upcoming books and entire backlist. Adams tweeted that his words were taken out of context and that his cancellation is a result of those living in a fake news bubble. The New York Times obituary section recently noted the passing of longtime publisher John McRae III. Now, McRae served as president and publisher of Dutton from 1968 to 1981, and then he spent 35 years at Henry Holt. McRae, the New York Times writes, was a, quote, dashing publisher who gambled on ground 
backbreaking books and dauntlessly defended authors who defied injustices committed by their own governments. He spoke out for Salman Rushdie when the Iranian government accused him of blasphemy over the Satanic Verses novel, and he was among the first who pushed for publishers to boycott the 1983 Moscow Book Fair to protest the Soviet Union's treatment of dissidents. McRae was 91 years old. Well, Steve Israel was a longtime Democratic representative from Long Island. After he retired, he bought Theodore's Books, named after Teddy Roosevelt. It's located in Oyster Bay, New York. He's had the independent bookstore for about a year, and recently we checked in with him to see how it's going. Well, it was about a year ago that Theodore's Books opened in Oyster Bay, New York. The owner is former Congressman Steve Israel. Congressman Israel, let's not bury the lead. Are you still open? <laughs> we made it uh, for a, a year. Uh, things look good. Uh, I'm enjoying every minute, although I must say uh, anything would be enjoyable compared to 15 ballots on the floor of the House uh, over that interminable number of hours. So what have you learned in this past year about running a small business, running a bookstore especially? Well, Peter, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I've learned so many lessons. Um, I, I think the most important is that owning a bookstore is is in many respects similar to being in Congress. So I don't have constituents anymore, but I have customers. And I've got to provide services to those customers. And when they come into this shop, um, they're looking for information the same way many of my former constituents came to my office with questions about my positions or, uh, or problems that they wanted solved. Uh, and so while I don't have to run for re-election, uh, every day I have to continue to earn the faith uh, and the goodwill uh, of my community. And this community in Oyster Bay, Long Island has been so supportive. I love that Republicans come in here and Democrats come in here and people who don't particularly care about political parties because they understand the importance of a bookstore to a community. And that's been uh, the most thrilling of all of my adventures uh, since leaving Congress. So what did you get right in the past year and, and what maybe lessons did you learn? Oh, what a great question. Uh, here's what we got right, uh, and it wasn't because I knew all that much, um, but I have a great team of booksellers. Uh, the curation uh, of our bookstore, we got right. What I hear consistently uh, from our customers uh, is, you know, I come in, I'm looking for a book, and you have it. Uh, you satisfy my curiosities. Um, so we've been able to create an inventory uh, that does satisfy consumer demand. Um, here's what I got wrong. Um, the uh the number of hours that it takes to keep a bookstore open uh the the labor that is involved we're so lucky because we assembled uh, just a, a, an amazing team of booksellers and booksellers are rather unique folks uh they know everything about almost every book um, but the number of hours uh, that is required, you know, I worked a lot of hours as a member of Congress. I'm working a lot of hours as, as a small business owner right now and as a bookseller. Didn't anticipate that. What goes into curation? Just like a political campaign strategy, 
uh, and so you have to know your marketplace. Now, I uh, I focus in, in our curation on politics, books, uh, history books, current events, American communities. So I curate those sections. But not everybody is interested uh, in the latest book about politics. Not everybody is interested in American history. Uh, and so we bring on booksellers who have their own expertise. And so we have somebody here who knows everything there is to know about children's books. And she makes strategic decisions on what to order, what to keep on the shelves. She listens to customers just as I listen to constituents. And if we don't have something, well, she knows that we've got to get it on our shelves. We have somebody uh, whose expertise is bestsellers. They know exactly what bestsellers we need to, to, to bring in uh, to keep on the shelves. But you also have to be very careful. And this is another lesson I learned um, that, you know, this is a business. It's, it's a wonderful community resource. It's a bookstore, but also a business. And if a book is sitting on the shelves for too long, it's it's taking up real estate and it's not making us money so I can pay the bills. And so our curation is not only about what to bring in, but also strategically, what do we now send back because it's not selling? Congressman Israel, two books on the shelf behind you, I want to ask you about banned books and mm. Mike Pence's So Help Me God. Why do you have those in stock and how are they doing? We made a decision uh, that we were going to feature banned books throughout history. Uh, you know, I, I believe that when the government tells you not to read something, you, you, you should read it. Uh, and it, particularly with this surge uh, in books being banned from libraries, from school districts, from school libraries, from communities, uh, I decided that I would make a statement uh, by putting statements on, on my shelves. So the first thing that our customers see when they walk in is this display behind me that features uh, banned books throughout the course uh, of history. Uh, and um, the second thing they see uh, are our bestsellers. And uh, congratulations, Vice President Pence, uh, your book is a bestseller. Uh, very frequently, Peter, people will come in and say, why do you have a Republican book there? You're a Democrat. Uh, yeah, I'm a Democrat, but I'm a bookseller. And I wanna make sure that anything uh, that satisfies our customers' curiosities is available, which is why I have Vice President Pence's book uh, in the bestseller section. As you know, a slew of books on former President Trump, have those sold well, such as The Divider by Susan Glasser and Peter Baker? Well, we have that in stock. I will tell you that they, they sell well initially, but they do have a shelf life. Uh, and so they get a lot of attention. There is, I sense, a bit of a, um, of a fatigue with many Trump books. I think many readers want to get over it, uh, want to take a look at new things, explore new topics. And so while we put those books on our shelves, um, I, I will tell you that um, after a few weeks, they tend to, uh, interest be, tends to dissipate. So, Congressman Israel, if I came in and wanted to read Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger, or P.G. Woodhouse, are those classics available as well? Yes. My, my favorite section, Peter, uh, is behind me, banned books. My second favorite section are our classics. And I will tell you, they sell very well. People, I think, um, they're, they're returning to great literature and meaningful literature and literature that makes a point and not necessarily a quick 28 bucks. Uh, so we have a very robust bay of shelves uh, that offer those classics and we keep it intentionally cluttered. I love the look of it. It's not the books behind me are, are orderly, alphabetical order. You know what you're looking for. You can pick it off the shelf. Our classics, you have to want to invest some time. You have to love classic books to go through that bay because it's cluttered and it's fun and it's warm and we've got just about every classic that you'd want to read. 
At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Going back a year ago, what were some of the investments that you had to make to get Theodore's open? Uh, building, books, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the first investment I had to make was not getting a divorce because my <laughs> wife, when I told my wife I wanted to do that, she said, okay, how many small businesses have you run? Um, <laughs> and what do you know about opening up a bookstore? Um, absolutely nothing. Uh, and isn't this a plot, she said, literally, uh, to just get more space for books that you want to read because we've run out of shelves at our house. Uh, so the first investment I had to make was gaining the trust and faith of my wife. And she's been amazing uh, in, in supporting this endeavor. The second investment was rather considerable, and that was buying books. We had to open up with about 10,000 books on our shelves. Uh, and so I had to work with a distributor, had to figure out how to curate, how to order, what made sense. And then, of course, the third investment was not just uh, buying the books, but once you buy the books, you have to have shelves. And so we had uh, some carpenters come in uh, and they renovated this vacant storefront that I'm in now and built shelves everywhere, portable shelves that we can move when we have an author come in for a book and author event, uh, wall shelves that are permanent. Uh, so those were the three, my wife, uh, buying books and buying shelves. Well, in the past year, Congressman Israel, what are some of the author events you've held at Theodore's? We're, we've been a, you, you, many of uh, your viewers are familiar with politics and prose in Washington, D.C. I, I like to think of ourselves as the politics and prose of Long Island, New York. We've had um, uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin come in, amazing national, globally known historians. Uh, Douglas Brinkley was in recently talking about his sweeping history of the environmental movement uh, during the uh, Kennedy years through Ronald Reagan. Uh, he was in recently uh, at members of Congress from both parties. Congressman Schiff will be in talking about the January 6th report. We've had uh, very, no, very prominent authors like Nelson DeMille, who's a very, very prolific uh, writer of spy thrillers. So we've become kind of a stopping off point uh, for very well-known authors. The most successful event we had, I will tell you, was Ralph Macchio, uh, who was uh, the star of Karate Kid. We had 600 people show up for Ralph Macchio. Uh, talking about his uh, his uh, autobiography. So does it help from a sales point of view to hold author events? It's vital. Uh, a small independent bookstore, particularly uh, our size, 1,528 square feet, can't survive on books alone. Uh, and so you have to, particularly during cold months, you've got to give people a reason to come into the store. Uh, and people love getting to talk to and learn from authors. So we put a premium uh, on having author events. 
Uh, and then we also have a website, uh, theodores.com, www, excuse me, www.theodoresbooks.com. So our author events are very important. But even if you can't be in Oyster Bay, if you support local independent bookstores, that's another platform that, uh, that helps us stay open. Well, Amazon sells anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of all books mm -hmm. sold in the U.S. Do you consider them a competitor or how do you, how do you work around that? Well, Amazon is, of course, a competitor for every independent bookstore. Um, the, they sell their books uh, in, in many respects at a loss. Uh, but here's the difference. Uh, the difference is when you come into Theodora's, you can talk to a human being about a book. You can feel the book. You can talk to an expert. Our booksellers are not just booksellers. They're consultants. They're private literary consultants. You can't get that uh, from Amazon.com. There's no question they'll beat us in price every time. But you don't get the feel of the bookstore, the expertise of the booksellers, the warmth and the curation that not only we provide, but any local independent bookstore. Are you looking at expansion yet? Um, I'm, I'm happy that we made it a year, Peter. Um, I would like to make it another year. Uh, there's a certain uh, kind of business formula uh, for uh, owning a small bookstore. You know you're going to lose money early on. And um, congratulations, uh, we, we've achieved losing money early <laughs> on. Um, but um, you, sh you, you strive to be profitable in year two or year three. So I'm focused on that. One of the deficiencies that we do have is 1,528 square feet. We're not big enough to have major author events at the store. Uh, and so we do those events off-site. The good news is we can accommodate uh, internationally known authors off-site. The bad news is people go to those sites, they're not shopping for books at our store. So my long-term plan is to expand uh, so that we can do events. Where's your off-site location? Our off-site location is Long Island University, uh, which is located 10 minutes uh, from our store, which is in Oyster Bay, just, to, just to, uh, very close to where uh, Theodore Roosevelt lived and worked, Sagamore Hill. And Long Island University has a facility uh, called the Roosevelt School. They have built a replica White House on their campus. It's amazing. Uh, and so we do our events, our big events, uh, at that replica White House at the Theodore Roosevelt School at Long Island University. What were some of the best sellers this holiday uh, period and uh, maybe even a surprise seller for you? You know, uh, Colleen Hoover is, is selling very briskly, very popular, uh, has several books uh, on the bestseller list at, at the same time. Um, in the, uh, the areas where I have a specialty uh, in politics and, and history, uh, Eric Larson continues to sell very well, particularly his book Splendid in the Vile, which came out in softcover, uh, which uh, covers the first year of Winston Churchill's uh, leadership in, in Britain, coinciding with the bombing uh, of Britain by Germany. That sold very well. And I will tell you, uh, classics sold very well during the holiday season. There's something about buying a classic book as a gift for somebody during the holiday season. What are you currently reading? I just finished reading a really terrific book with the greatest benefit of being a uh, the owner of a bookseller is I get something called ARCs, Advanced Reader's Copies. So we get shipped lots of books that are not available yet, uh, but that we can read to determine whether we want to order them. So I just read an ARC for an amazing book um, called The Hopkins 
uh, manuscript. It was first published in 1939, science fiction. And it's about a guy in Britain uh, who's an amateur astronomer who learns that the moon is going to collide with the Earth in six months. Now, remember, 1939 existential threat facing civilization uh analogous to what was happening with nazi germany uh and um for some reason i don't know why uh the publisher uh, a publisher decided to buy the rights and re-release it uh and it's coming out uh this month actually uh and i loved it uh i just ordered a bunch of them and i'm going to be able to sell them does the fact that you were a congressman for nearly 20 years help you uh connect with authors yeah. Well, it certainly does, I have to say. So particularly um, members of Congress and senators and uh, uh, journalists uh, who have books frequently. I, I'm in a, a, a wonderful position where very often a journalist with a book or a member of Congress will email me and say, can I come to to, to Theodore's uh, and, and do an event? So it, it absolutely uh, is helpful. It's also great because people come in, former constituents, some think I'm still in Congress, so I get my share of constituent casework, which I have to then <laughs> refer to Senator Schumer or Senator Gillibrand. Um, so I, you know, I still have town hall meetings. It's just that they're in this, this little bookstore and I get to sell books while I'm here. Well, Congressman Israel, you're also an author. You've written two books. What are those and are you working on a third? I am. Uh, I've done two books. Uh, Simon & Schuster was the publisher. The fr- both are political parodies of Washington, The Global War on Morris, uh, which is a parody of uh, Vice President Cheney uh, in, in the White House, and Big Guns, which is a parody of the, uh, of the exaggerated uh, power of the gun lobby in Washington, D.C. I'm just about to finish my third novel, which is a change in genre. It's a historic spy thriller involving Albert Einstein and the Nazis. Uh, and uh, my agent has told me that I'm on deadline and I need to get at him by the end of this month. Now, you mentioned that Congressman Adam Schiff is coming or has been to uh, Theodore's for an event. Is the January 6th report selling? Do you keep that in stock? We do, and we have uh, various uh, editions. Uh, So it's selling very, very briskly at uh, Theodore's, and that's because uh, Adam Schiff wrote the forward to one of the editions and will uh, is, is coming to discuss it uh, and uh, provide some information about uh, how the committee was structured and, and, and the aftermath, what happens now. So it's selling because uh, because he's coming. Um, the reports just hit the shelves recently uh, and uh, we'll be able to establish within the next uh, week or two uh, how uh, whether they continue to sell briskly. We have a picture of the front of your store saying bully of a sale. <laughs> well, we're, our theme is obviously Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, as I stated before, he lived, worked, and he, he died uh, on, uh, in his estate, Sagamore Hill. Sagamore Hill is a mile and a half from my shop. The drugstore where Theodore Roosevelt used to shop is around the corner. His summer executive offices when he was residing at Sagamore Hill as president, literally across the street from me. Uh, He was very familiar um, with Oyster Bay. Uh, took the train, Oyster Bay train station back and forth to Washington, D.C. And so uh, our thematic, our vibe is Theodore Roosevelt. We have one of the largest selections uh, of Theodore Roosevelt new books uh, that, that I know of uh, anywhere. We don't have rare books or used books. But if there's a new book about Theodore Roosevelt that's been published in, in the past several years, we stock it and uh, we display it. My guess would be that business does not fall off in the summer at Theodore. 
customers because of your location as a tourist destination? Well, we're very, you're exactly right, uh, and we are a tourist destination, mostly be, not only because of Sagamore Hill and Theodore Roosevelt, but also because Oyster Bay has a rich and vibrant Revolutionary War history. You know, the General George Washington's uh, spy network, the nexus of that spy network was in a house called Raynham Hall, which is in back of Theodore's. So we have tourists coming to explore that Revolutionary War history. We have tourists coming to explore the Theodore Roosevelt history, and we're located three blocks from the waterfront from oyster bay billy joel sean hannity live across the bay from our store so we get a lot of traffic here in oyster bay people love the restaurants the small shops and now they have a bookstore to to amble through bookstore owner and former congressman new york democrat steve israel thank you for your time thank you so much peter and you're watching and listening to the about books program and podcast produced by C-SPAN's Book TV. Well, each Tuesday, dozens of new books are published. Here's a recent sampling. Two political books are coming out, Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Bernie Sanders. First, Ron DeSantis's book. The Florida governor and potential 2024 presidential candidate released his newest book, The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. Now, Governor DeSantis launched his book tour last week with events in his home state of Florida, and he recently made a stop at the Ronald Reagan Library in California, where Book TV cameras were. And in what is being viewed as another sign of his presidential ambitions, he's also expected to make book tour stops in the early caucus and primary states of Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Two early reviews of the governor's memoir paint a very different picture of the book. In the Washington Examiner, Paul Bedard writes, quote, DeSantis's book goes on sale Tuesday, but is already the number one bestseller on Amazon, suggesting growing excitement around his possible presidential bid. But in the New York Times, Jennifer Sully writes, quote, for the most part, the courage to be free is courageously free of anything that resembles charisma or a discernible sense of humor. While his first book was weird and esoteric enough to have obviously been written by a human, this one reads like a politician's memoir churned out by chat GPT. Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, has his latest book out as well. It's called, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. Writing about the Senator's book for the Guardian newspaper, Zoe Williams says that Sanders' book is easily as frustrating and depressing as it is galvanizing and uplifting. Precisely because Sanders is such a straightforward thinker and writer, he insists on some facts that the political establishment on both sides willfully ignores. And one other book to note that's just been recently published, essayist and longtime Time Magazine critic Lance Morrow is out with his latest book, looking back on his career in journalism. It's titled, The Noise of Typewriters. Reviewing the book for the Wall Street Journal, James Rosen calls the book, quote, a memoir that is less a sequential narrative than a series of impressions and vignettes, unabashedly digressive, invariably provocative. Now, you will find these authors and books in the near future on Book TV. In fact, Lance Morrow was just our guest 
on our long-form, in-depth program in February. Also coming up on Book TV on our Afterwards program this week, Nick Tabor traces the history of Africatown in Alabama. It's a community established by the last slaves brought to the U.S. in 1860. He was interviewed by White House Environmental Justice Council Vice Chair Catherine Flowers. Here's a portion of that interview. I happened to be there on a day when a law firm was um, interviewing people at one of the churches in preparation for a, um, a lawsuit they were filing against a factory that had polluted the neighborhood, um, suing them on the basis that they had caused cancer um, f for hundreds or thousands of people. And so I, uh, I, I spoke to quite a few residents who rattled off lists of all the f people in their families who had, who had died from cancer, often at young ages, and, and people who had survived cancer themselves. It, it, these stories were harrowing. And um, so I, I went back to New York and for a year or so, in the back of my head, I, I kept thinking, I wish that I could just move down there and piece together the whole history of this community um, from 1860 to now and figure out the connection between the slave ship and the pollution. Like, why did this neighborhood of all possible places on southern Alabama sort of get designated to be the dumping ground um, for, all of, all of these, for all of this heavy industry? And a reminder that Afterwards airs every Sunday night at 10 p.m. on Book TV. And finally, we want to know what are you reading? Share with us your reading list or the books you're looking forward to reading this year. Simply record an audio file and email it to us at booktv at cspan.org. We may use it on a future About Books. Well, thanks for joining us for the About Books program and podcast produced by C-SPAN's Book TV. Book TV will continue to bring you publishing news and new author programs. And you can get this podcast and all other C-SPAN podcasts on our C-SPAN Now app, and you can watch all Book TV programs on our website, booktv.org.